So in some of the islands, or on some of the islands in Indonesia, there is a creature called a Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon, they grow to be about the same weight as uh, an average-sized man, right? So they can be three meters long and about 70, 80 kilos. So they can be, they're fairly big. They're like a lizard, basically like a lizard, but just huge, right? And uh, they do the whole lizardy thing where they flick out their tongue to, they kind of smell through their tongue. They can kind of, so they're constantly flicking out. And um, they are fascinating creatures, but really rotten. They are awful. They are uh, very, I don't want to say evil, because obviously they can't make it, you know, they don't make moral decisions. But when you look at, at how, how they live, right? So, uh, I was just reading even this morning uh, about their young, so they, 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 give, they, they lay eggs, uh, bury them in the sand, and the, the, uh, they take about six to eight months to hatch. And then when they're born, the young Komodo dragons have to learn to climb trees quickly so that they won't be eaten by other Komodo dragons. So then uh, what's the diet of Komodo dragons? Well, they eat uh, birds, they eat deer, they eat uh, cattle, they eat other Komodo dragons. <laughs> like, they eat smaller, like they're rotten creatures, they really are. But when you, when you watch how they hunt, okay, because they're big and they're lizards, like lizards, lizards aren't designed for running, they can sprint. If you've ever seen little, even little lizards in warmer countries, you know, you'll see them scamper up along a wall or along, but they can sprint for 10 meters and then that's it. <laughs> right. So kind of not really designed for, for the long haul. Okay, so these, these boys as well, uh, Komodo dragons, uh, they can sprint by 20 kilometers an hour, but for very, very short distances. Um, just, you know, they, it's, it's just, they're just not built for it. Okay, so, uh, so how do they hunt? Well, they often gather around watering holes and they just kind of sit there, right, with their flicking their tongue out. And the cattle have to come, or the deer have to come to drink the water, because if they don't, they, they die. And the, and the dragons know that. So they, they wait around. And they look at one, maybe, who's a bit wonky, or who's a bit slow, has a bad, a bad, bad old leg or something. And um, just as the, as the cow or the deer is drinking then, they'll charge it and bite it, right? But their bite is all kinds of rotten, okay? Their bite is somewhat venomous. The, the, the bite is venomous, it, has, it releases toxins. They have toxic, so venomous glands back here. But also because they eat, as it's called, carrion, so, carrion, so rotting meat, corpses, whatever they can find, roadkill, their, their, their mouth is full of very infectious bacteria, okay? So they'll bite this cow, and then the cow will give them a kick or whatever, shrug them off, and then they'll just go back into their place and wait. And they'll just wait. And then the venom will slowly start to work its way through the cow's body, and then he, you know, the, the leg will start to kind of die on him. And it may take a couple of days, then the wound will start to get infected as well. So that'll weaken him, and the dragon just waits. Just waits. Then eventually the cow will get a bit dizzy or woozy or as I say the venom will work its way through. Cow will drop and then he'll just make his merry way over and they'll eat him alive. Yeah, it's, um, they're rotten creatures and they're semi-extinct. Not that I'm recommending that we make them extinct but they're somehow protected in Indonesia there. But I think it's such a good analogy as to how the enemy works, or how the devil works, okay? Like, 
see, if the devil were to present himself, hi, I'm the devil, I'd like to recommend you don't go to prayer today, or hi, I'm the devil, um, don't go to Medjugorje, don't go on pilgrimage, don't pray your rosary. You know, seeing his horrific, devilish face, feeling that evil presence, him speaking to you would probably have the opposite effect. If you were to meet the devil in person, you'd be like, I'm so going to adoration every day. Do you know, I mean, if you, if you were to meet, if you were to see like that kind of, that kind of raw evil, you know, I think it would be such a wake-up call as to your own life and your own decisions and what you do with your time, what you do with the 24 hours given to you this day. You know? So if we were to see evil as it is, it would actually convert us. Uh, I actually heard an exorcist priest friend of mine say, if, if, ever, if you ever have an atheist friend, bring him to me during an exorcism. That'll sort it out. That'll sort out all atheism, my friend. So, so... So yeah, if we were to see evil, it would have the opposite effect. It would actually, it would, it would probably, probably, for the most part, draw us to the Lord. And so he hides. So he remains hidden in the background. But every now and again, see, there's, there's just a little bite, a little bite, and then back into the background. And then he just lets that little temptation, that thought, that desire, just lets it percolate. So whatever that may be, it may be, you know, maybe pride that all these rules apply to everybody else, but not to me. It may be everyone else needs to pray, but I don't. It may be uh, all these people think they're holy, but they don't really live it. But fundamentally, I'm kind of better. Or it may be lust, or it may be laziness, or it may be who knows what. Uh, judgmentality, negativity, this person is useless and will never be any better. And so that, that little thought just kind of sits there and just, just percolates, just kind of sits there and grows. You know, putting people into little boxes. This person's good, this person's rubbish, this person, you know. All, the, all these, all these little, little temptations or uh, materialism or vanity or hatred or envy looking at what someone has and saying, you know, I really wish they fail. I really hope they fail. And all these little things, just, the little thought is just, it's just planted and then whoosh, back he goes and disappears and just waits in the shadows. And in those thoughts, they can, see, it's, it's not all Satan and it's not all us. I mean, you can't say, I can't walk up to someone, slap him in the face and say, Satan made me do it. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean, there is always a collaboration of our will. All right, so we're not blaming Satan for everything that goes wrong because it's still me that chooses to do the action. But, but there is a, a, a tempter here. There is a suggestion. There is a, an encouragement, absolutely, to do something wrong. And that's how he works. That's how he hides. That's how, that's how he's successful because he doesn't show himself, but he just presents the next thing as, as great. Just do this. You'll be fine. You'll, you'll have a great time. You know, it's like the typical... Saturday night temptations, the way we entertain ourselves, well, maybe I shouldn't include myself in that, but the, the, way, the way Saturday night entertainment often goes, it's take risks and it'll be fine. What could go wrong? You did it last week. It's grand. So there is a battle raging around us. And it's a battle against an enemy who's subtle. It's a battle against an enemy who, who knows where we're weak and knows how to attack those weaknesses. But he doesn't do so in such an evident way that would, that would turn us off, that would draw us uh, that would make his, his, his presence visible. It's just very, very subtle and hidden. And that's why in this battle, 
we have to, as I'd say in, in the sport, we have to box smart. You know, uh, if, you're, if you're fighting someone bigger than you, you don't just go straight down the middle and, you know, you have to, what's the guy's weakness? Is he slow? If he's huge, well then just keep out of his way for the first three or four rounds until he starts getting tired. When he starts getting tired and the hands come down, then bang and back. <laughs> you, know, you have to box smart. You don't just go, you have to know how your enemy works. So we know our enemy is way smarter than us, way bigger than us, has way more experience in studying humanity than we do. He's, he's smarter than us. So what are our, our weapons? The rosary, okay? I'm finally getting to the point. Today is the Feast of Our Lady, the rosary, okay? So in this battle, we have the, all of the sacraments. So baptism, which makes you, it brings you into Christ. Right? You now belong to Christ. Eucharist, which strengthens us. We won't, I won't go into all the sacraments. We really haven't time. Uh, and then we have sacramentals. Sacramentals. Uh, and one of those weapons in this battle is, is the rosary, which we'll focus on today briefly. Uh, so this is, a, this is a battle. And Padre Pio uh, said to one of his brothers once uh, when he was bedridden, he said, bring me my weapon, bring me up my weapon. And the brother said, uh, you're a friar. What exactly? I can go down to the kitchen and maybe get a steak knife. What, what are you looking for? And he said, bring me my rosary, bring me, bring me my rosary. So he was a man like, who did see evil face to face and saw the power of the rosary in that battle. So the enemy wants to distract us from the rosary. Why? Because it's a good thing. He also wants to distract us, by the way, from Mass and the Holy Eucharist and so on and so forth, uh, but because it's a good thing. But the rosary is powerful in these times. The rosary is necessary in these times. It really is because the battle is daily. And for, most, for a lot of people, it's like going to Mass every day won't be a possibility for a lot of people who are working or, and, and have families. It's, just, it's very difficult. We have our Sunday Mass obligation, but daily Mass is going to be difficult. It's easy for us, thank God, but for many people it's just not possible. So how do we, how do we keep in touch with God? How do we continue drawing from, from uh, his fountain of grace? Well, through prayer, through daily prayer. We must pray daily because the battle is daily. We must pray daily because the battle is daily. So Our, our Lady, uh, when St. Dominic was struggling with the uh, Albigesian heresy, uh, he, he called out to Our Lady and she gave him the prayer of the rosary. The prayer the rosary had existed in various forms beforehand. Sometimes people prayed 150 Our Fathers, mirroring the 150 Psalms. Other people prayed 150 Hail Marys, mirroring the Psalms. Uh, so it, it, it developed over the centuries, but it, it very much took off with the promotion that the Dominicans gave it. So the Rosie then just became this, this, this wonderful and, and, and powerful prayer. In the Battle of Lepanto uh, in 1571, the Turks had a, a very, very large naval fleet, and they were moving across the Mediterranean. Like It's hard for us to imagine how significant this is. Uh, if they had managed to take the port, if they had managed to take, we'll say, Lepanto, then move into Italy and take Naples and Rome, uh, and then move into Europe, well, Europe might well be Muslim. Now, I know we're all kind of politically correct these days, but that does have an effect. Uh, Europe is the, the heart of Christianity for the world. Christianity was a sort of born in the Holy Land, then 
moved to Rome, from Rome throughout, throughout Europe, and then from Europe throughout the world. Uh, if Europe had become Muslim, well, you wouldn't be sitting here, and the women, you would definitely not be in the same place as us at all. You know, thing, our culture would be radically, radically different. So, so this, this, this moment was key in protecting Christendom and its future. So this enormous fleet, three times the size of, of the Christian fleet, uh, was amassed, and this battle took place in Lepanto. The Christian fleet, they weren't one fleet. There were a number of, of ships that had come together, so they weren't, they weren't like used to fighting together. They weren't like trained as a, as a unit. They were kind of a hodgepodge group. So the, the Pope at the time, Pope Pius V, recommended to, to, Christian, to, to, to all Christians, to all Catholics, to pray the rosary. And the soldiers themselves uh, in the boats were, were, were praying. At the perfectly opportune time, the wind turned in favour of the Christians, giving them uh, a backwind. So it allows you to, to charge. It allows you to be, to be much quicker. And, you know, uh, basically they won the battle. Way outnumbered and undertrained, they won the battle and protected uh, Europe from this invasion. The battle, the victory was, was attributed to Our Lady and the Rosary, hence uh, today Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory. Uh, so the Rosary, it's, just, it's key in this spiritual battle. It's key in this spiritual battle. Today, let us again recognize the power of Our Lady's intercession, the power of Our Lady's prayer, the power of Our Lady's protection, the power of the Rosary. It's not a prayer for old people, it's not a prayer for the dying. I remember being in a secondary school once, and I mentioned the rosary, and one student asked, oh, is that the, the graveyard prayer? I said, the what, sorry? Yeah, you know, when they're putting down the coffin, like they pray the, the deck for the rosary. That was their only encounter with the rosary, the, the decade beside the grave. I said, yeah, kind of, it's just a bit better than that, but okay. Uh, so the rosary, it's, just, it's so, so powerful. We can pray it in the car, we can pray it driving, we can pray it working, cutting the grass, peeling potatoes. Even if, you're, if you find it hard to, to keep count, go to our website, find the rosaries there, put, play them in the background and pray along as you're working. This rosary is a weapon for our times and we are in a spiritual battle. So we ask our Blessed Lady to teach us to pray, teach us to fight, and may she... Our Lady of Victory, be, be victorious in our battles. Amen.